Inspired by a galaxy far, far away, you're listening to Force Fan Podcast. Ketri, are we finally doing? We are finally going to talk about New Dawn, a New Dawn. But because okay, let me ask you: How set are you on on the new dog? Adrian, <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop! I'm, I'm literally saying. having I'm literally having to drag Adrian into this, slightly kicking and screaming, but only because he knows he gets a rise out of me. No, we're finally going to talk about a new dawn this week, um, because we both read it a while ago. Adrian for the first time, me rereading it. Um, because Adrian was reading it. <laughs> We're finally going to have frickin' book club about it. Because, are we, though? Yes. Are- <laughs> I mean, well, I know, who knows? I know, we, I know, we, I know we brushed up on it. I know we we did, uh, you, you know, we refreshed ourselves. I know we're recording as we speak right now this moment. But, yes. But how sad are you on it? Yeah. Like, real. Adrian. How, how, how? How how badly do you want to record? We're talking about it. Okay. Whether you like it or not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Don't hit me. Ah, uh, yes. So we are finally going to talk A New Dawn, which I'm actually, we kind of, it got shelved for a while because of everything that was going on uh, in the world and some other stuff we wanted to talk about. Now, here we are. And actually, the the... <laughs> the closer we've gotten to talking about this, the more I've wanted to talk about that <laughs> because I, you know, as I was brushing up and remembering what I wanted to talk about, you know, I was seeing like some foreshadowing in the book as to what happens in Rebels. And I was like, oh, yay, we're finally going to talk about it. So here we are, finally. So why don't we use that as a as a starting point? What what do you love most about this novel and what uh <laughs> what are these well, connections you speak of? Well, because obviously think, there's a I, lot of them. I'm, I'm, I'm like I read the book, but I, mean, I want to know specifically what really. Well, I mean, I basically from my standpoint, what I love most about this book is Kanan and Hera, of course. Um, <laughs> Wait, you like Hera and Kanan? Ha- yeah, no, it's shocking. Um, wow, who would have guessed? Wow. But, <laughs> but I like. I like specifically, I think this book really tends to focus on Kanan. I mean, we do get into, um, you know, Hera's head a little bit as well, but it it seems to mostly be from Kanan's point of view. And so I yeah. like I like getting into his head because just in kind of as in rebels overall like he was pretty much my favorite character and i thought his arc in rebels was the most complete of all of the arcs and so i like harping on that again and so i i like that this just ugh, this book adds even more to that because we get kanan like in his very very early like he's not committed to anything he's basically bumming around the galaxy picking up odd jobs trying to squelch his better jedi instincts um kind of like that valiant knight um within him (laughs) that he becomes uh or taps into in the book (laughs) (laughs) all thanks to a pretty lady uh it's always you know, a pretty lady. He's kind of like man whoring it around the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> um so but it's it's fascinating to see kind of how well he's been able to do that, really. Um you know, when you look at somebody like compare Ahsoka to Kanan and Ahsoka could never and it it 
could potentially be like where they were in their training when Order 66 went down. Uh, Ahsoka was much older. Yes, she's several years older and it was it she could never really put aside that like Jedi mentality. Like she was she was so far into it. She was basically almost knighted. Um you know, she could never really set that aside where Kanan was really kind of able to squelch that pretty well, although not let go of it entirely because he still has his lightsaber. Um, so so it's interesting for, from from that perspective to see just kind of how deep down he's hidden that aspect of himself because he he tend you know like from what we see he blends in pretty well and he's adept at you know not spending too much time in one place and you know basically flying below the radar right anyway my love for this book is mostly Kanan and Hera but um most of my you? love for this book comes from the first half. Okay. Which is, I, I feel it's a stronger half of the book. Okay. <laughs> but my, my favorite, actually, my favorite uh, um, scene part is actually that, uh, that, uh, that prologue with young Kanan in the Jedi Temple with Obi Wan. <laughs> I totally forgot that that was how the book started out, and you reminded me about that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh that. That hurts a little. (laughs) Other than, you know, just being like this cute moment within the Jedi Temple and, you know, yeah, and then obviously like the foreshadowing and the hurt you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I think it's the perfect way to introduce us to the type of person Kanan is. Right off the bat, Mm -hmm. we know he sees things differently. That's established very heavily in this opening. Yes, yeah. He is not like the other padawans at all he is very much independent and he's a free thinker he questions everything yes and i just love how obi-wan is very patient with him too during that whole moment and just kind of explaining (laughs) well i suppose we could use the code to send jedi away from the temple oh you have another question another question all right (laughs) you ask a lot of questions Even Deepa at at one point uh, is like, okay, like this is enough. <laughs> Which I'm like, no, no, no. Keep asking your questions, kiddo. You're you're doing a good. I like that. It, it, it's just perfect uh, bedrock for the character moving forward. Be it be yeah. your first introduction, be it this novel or in Rebels. It just makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So we when we. First, when you started reading this, we had both, well, you had finished reading Tarkin, and then you moved to New Dawn. Ah, Tarkin. (laughs) And I started reading Tarkin, and you started reading New Dawn, and I immediately wanted to stop reading Tarkin and read New Dawn. Um... How was that that switch for you, or what about what about New Dawn versus Tarkin? Because I know you like I kept thinking, you know, it was like getting you to read it, and you know, it's like, oh yeah, you should read, you should read New Dawn. Um, um, jumping from Tarkin to a New Dawn <laughs> was jarring to say the least, <laughs> just tonally. Like we established in our Tarkin book club episode that Tarkin is very, it's a very dry, dry read and it's very plot driven, I think, more than character driven. Yeah. Even though we get plenty of backstory on Tarkin's character himself, a lot of that is just there to tell us. Not so much of it is used within the actual dude, where's my car plot of the book. (laughs) Whereas Kanan, sorry, uh, whereas a new Dawn, uh, I think is very much character driven and that everything mm. that happens is caused by the characters within the books growing up and having to clean up after each other to the point where they're forced to finally make decisions they've been running away from for a while. Yeah. They have to they're forced to commit. Kanan. Yeah. Kanan. Not just Kanan, like everybody. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean there's multiple and I think that was one of the things you mentioned initially. So when we talked about Tarkin, like two months ago um we one of our major complaints about that book was that the secondary characters were all very thin 
Like they're, uh-huh. there's not really very much depth to them. And I would say that's definitely not true in A New Dawn. The secondary characters are much, much more fleshed out and like real people that have, you know, good and bad as opposed to just kind of being one dimensional cardboard cutout stand-ins. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I remember in our Tarkin episode, I, I mentioned that I had trouble remembering the the rebels names. Yes. While I was reading the book, like, yes. I can't remember no, I mean, anybody's I feel name. The same. Right. <laughs> I feel the same way, and I sure couldn't name any of them now. <laughs> right. So, I, I haven't read Kanan. I read Kanan, like like you said, I think it was like two months ago. Yeah. And, you know, before I started uh, refreshing myself, I was thinking, okay, how much do I actually remember of this? Okay, there's Kanan, there's Hera, there's uh, Okadaya, there's Skelly, there's, you know, I just, right off the bat, I was remembering the, these characters and their quirks and their contribution to the story. Yeah. So that right there, I'm like, wow, I remember more than I thought I did mostly because <laughs> it's memorable. Yes. They, 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 yeah. they do stick with you long yeah. after you read the book. Yes. And they all contribute in mm-hmm. various ways to, um, you know, Kanan and other characters having to make decisions. And then the secondary characters themselves having to make decisions. Um Specifically, um, like you mentioned, Skelly, who kind of plays like this agent of chaos in the book. Cha- chaotic neutral character right yes, there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say chaotic neutral. He's he's chaotic something. <laughs> chaotic force for what he thinks is good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know... But he's making, you know, he's making choices that then we see the rep- repercussions from. And Zaluna um, is another secondary character in the book who's forced at several points to make choices that are difficult for her. Um, but it all feels very organic, I guess. Like you can see where the characters coming from and where these decisions that they make are coming from based on their experiences and what's happened to them. Um, so let me ask you, um, you think there might have been a little too much focus on the secondary characters? I am. <sighs> or no. too, too much building on, on, off of them? I mean, potentially it might have been nice to see more of Hera's um, kind of inner monologue and thoughts as as she kind of comes into play in this book. I feel we got a lot of Kanan. I feel like we didn't get as much Hera, but since this book kind of serves to set up like their jumping off point, um, potentially my only kind of minor complaint was that it, it might've been nice to actually get a little bit more Hera. Well, let's see. Just thinking about Hera as a character, she's primarily used to support other characters around her for the most part. Yes, we, we get Hera-focused yeah. episodes in Rebels, and she has her moments in this book, too, but primarily she's always there supporting Kanan's arc or or mm-hmm. uh, Sabine's arc in some way, or Ezra's arc, you know? What, you know what I mean? The mom character. The mom yeah. character, yes. As, as, a, <laughs> as a character herself, she really doesn't change that much from the beginning to the end. She gets promotions, no. but her character yeah. is pretty much, you know, she's that core character all the way through. So... I mean, she's kind of the driving force. Like, it's her dedication to the rebellion uh, and being, you know, basically a force for good, a force for change in the galaxy that, um, especially at the end of this book, but you could also say in Rebels, too, is really, really helps drive that. Yeah. Um, That's what I'm saying. She's just there to move everyone else along. Yeah. So it's funny that you you bring up the whole Kane and Hera aspect. It sounds to me like you think this book is a Hera and Kane novel. Well, because I, I, I see it strictly as a Kane novel straight up. Yeah. I mean, no, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. Like I see it as mostly like, it's mostly Kanan. And then we get, you know, a little bit of, Hera to kind of like at like I said like that jumping off 
point that where it becomes kind of their story um, where they're linked together. But that's what I think I would have liked more of potentially um, is, is the two of them together um, maybe setting that up a little bit more. If you know what I'm saying. Sounds to me like Hera needs her own novel. Well, <laughs> ding. Yes, I would say <laughs> hell yes to that. And it would be really nice to see Hera and her get her own spotlight. Because like you said, I think a lot of the time Hera is relegated to being, you know, she's a main support, but the focus is not on her. Um, it's always on somebody else. So don't get me wrong. I love Hera as a character, but I don't think she's the most interesting because of because of that. But I, I love her. Uh, again, I want to really want to stress that I love her as a great character. She's not always the most interesting one. Because we don't know enough about her. That's, yeah, yeah, because yeah. we don't know anything about her motivation. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> she might be more interesting if we actually explored more about her. Yeah, I want to I want to see her. I want to I want to I want a story where we get her perspective on um, the Clone Wars as a kid, you know, I mean, she's from uh, Ryloth, so come on, come on. Any any devout Star Wars fan will know that's a big deal. Um, her father, father, you know, just who her father is. I mean, come on, there is there is character gold to be mined in her past. We, I we mean, s- given how that shapes her and like her decision, you know, I we, we we know that like she and her father don't get along at least until you know later on in rebels when they're finally kind of able to meet halfway after he drugs her cr- anyway uh you know so like there's there's <laughs> there's like i'm saying there's a lot of there's a lot of emotional mined. gold yeah. that can be mined there that has not you know uh so <laughs> maybe probably not we I'm know sure- we know where she ends up at we know where she continues on show us the beginnings of that and after I need, like, Hera after Return of the Jedi, which we get a little bit of in Alphabet Squadron, but not enough. I got the new video game coming out where she's still the same Mon character. She's going to make, like, a five, yeah. (laughs) I mean, she's going to make, like, a five-second cameo. Hera deserves more. I like to think she's in The Rise of Skywalker piloting the ghost. Yeah, definitely. She wouldn't wouldn't be dead. She'd be there. She'd be old, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I think you're right, though. I think this book really, really the focus is, is Kanan and kind of his his shift in this book from being that, you know, fly below the radar, bum around the galaxy guy to like, yes, I will take a stand. Don't be suspicious. Don't be For suspicious. Somebody. Don't be <laughs> suspicious. Oh Don't be suspicious. <laughs> Don't be suspicious. That's so much of this book, though, is like, don't be suspicious. They're sneaking in and out of caverns, trying, you know, Skelly's always trying to blow something up. They sneak into a freaking, you know, capital ship towards the end, you know, (laughs) just setting the mood for what we all see in Rebels, where they're, you know, sneaking on Star Destroyers and whatnot time after time. (laughs) God, security really sucks in the Empire now. (laughs) So uh, you brought up the ending. So that, let's talk about the second part of the novel. So the well, let's talk about the first half versus the second half. Yes, agreed. So first half, very much building up Kane and establishing the secondary characters. Yes, ex- uh, establishing uh, motivations and goals. Your antagonists, both of them. Yeah, their motivations and their other antagonists. Oh my god. Yeah, there's kind of like a mystery within a mystery that's. So that's what I my, that's what actually one of my issues with the book. I think it gets okay. a little too complex. Yeah. Um so I I agree with what you said earlier. I really like the setup in the first half of the book. You know, we've got this very interesting world. Um the mining setup, these interesting secondary characters. We've got two villains or one villain and one imperial villain but sort of kind of not the super bad guy in this case. <laughs> and that's all good. And then I think the second half starts to get a little chaotic. 
um, as they're like moving around from place to place and like shuttles are blowing up and it's, you know, kind yeah. of this constant and it gets slightly repetitive. Um, yeah, think. And, <laughs> and yes, and then there's this kind of like mystery involving the Imperial side in addition to what's happening, you know, kind of like what the main focus is. And I, I do agree with you. I think <laughs> simplifying, simplifying it, especially in the back half, it could have been streamlined significantly. It could have been streamlined a little bit. It more. could have been a shorter not- book too. I think it was a bit too long. Mainly because <laughs> of how repetitive it was getting. It's like I get it. It blows up. They escape. It blows yes, up again. They escape. Again, they escape. Yeah, that but- happens at least twice. There's like two shuttles get blown up within the span of like ten pages. Or I mean, maybe not ten. Even but even the finale is just like a bigger scale version of all those other <laughs> uh, escapes. You know, it's just blow it up, which is fine. That's a Star Wars uh, staple, but <laughs> yeah, the number of times that Kanan almost gets blown up in this, and then knowing what happens to him eventually is kind of. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think I didn't notice that. That is uh, awesome. I did John not Jackson think about Miller that. John Jackson Miller and Dave Filoni because I totally did. It, it caught um, up to him. It, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> going to hell. Going that to is hell. so um, fantastic. Yeah, but no, I do. I so I think I think the first half of the back does it sets everything up very strongly, and then the second half of the book definitely feels more chaotic and like not quite like John Jackson Miller was trying to cram everything in and wrap up all the loose ends. Like I've I've read worse, but it it does get a little bit like, oh yeah, and then there's these things and we're moving these parts around and they go to this place and there's more explosions and the end. And so it <laughs> it does, and you know everybody lives happily ever after, except the really bad guy for now. Uh, <laughs> so 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 yes, yeah, so it gets it's sort of dragging. I, it's sort of dragging. Yeah, let's, let's be real. You're kind of like okay, like can we get to the the climax? Basically, <laughs> like, quit messing around with all this and like let's get to the. I was getting tired with, about with all the actions for 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 sure. Just, I, I didn't want to get to the conclusion after a while. And then even that sneaking around sequence went there on the, on the Star Destroyer. It was the Star Destroyer, right? At, at the yes, end. it's, it's another, another Star Destroyer, the Forager. Right. Even that whole sequence, yes. I think, was a bit elongated for my, for my taste. <laughs> it does. It does. It does. It does. It does get a little long at the end. Overall, though, I think it's still a pretty strong book. Oh, totally. It's very um, and emotional. really enjoyable. Um, this was so a new dawn was basically the first book, like new canon mm-hmm. book, um, and published right before Rebels premiered, I believe. Um, so I think it does a nice job of kind of setting the tone for you know stuff we've seen since then. Um, I also think this was the first new canon book I read, might have read, um, when I like kind of dived back into Star Wars fandom. So you just decided, bought the new book, basically. What? So you just bought the new book, basically, and started <laughs> well, there at the beginning? Well, so, so the first time I read this was back in 2016, <gasps> so four years ago, but two years after it came out. So... Um, so I, which was when I started watching Rebels, right? Like, that's, that's, that's when I was like, binge, Clone Wars, Rebels, all of that. So I read it around that time, which makes sense, because I probably was watching Rebels, and then I was like, ooh, I can go back and read this book, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I've, like, I liked it then, and I still like it now, so... <laughs> it's stuck with me well mostly um <laughs> not not every detail i remembered the kenobi thing i just didn't remember that was like literally the first first part of the book i like that kenobi's the first character we meet in this new canon it's like this is the first new canon uh, hello there to come out <laughs> and the first character we meet is kenobi i'm like 
I'm going to enjoy this book. Also kind of hilarious because he wrote the book, Kenobi, literally right before he wrote Oh, right, right, right. He so. followed it up with, with this one. <laughs> wonder if that was like a holdover from you. <laughs> it was like, well, I just finished with Kenobi. Start with Kenobi here. <laughs> so so let me ask you. We, we've established Hera got done a bit dirty. Kanan's the main dude and, you know, it supports him really well. Who's your favorite secondary or supporting character? I really liked Okadaya. Yeah. Yeah. Okadaya's my dog. His, he's, <laughs> I liked him because he was, you know, he was very, you know, he's one of those very down to earth, you know, like regular Joe guys, but he is very insightful and he sees through Kanan's kind of, you know, hardened exterior um and sees more than what what Kanan wants people to see and he has you know he's kind of got that like father or maybe grandfather figure character going on yeah but he's, he's the he's the obi-wan he was, he's the gandalf yeah the- like you know so he's kind of gruff and a little bit tough but he's also kind of a marshmallow inside and marshmallow. i love i loved him and <laughs> i was really sad when he died that was rough. i mean not not surprising necessarily because you kind of have to figure at some point like there will be something that has to spur the hero into action and so yeah i mean it's a totally expected it's a totally expected hero's journey type of yeah it's you know (laughs) so you have to know that at some point like that's something like that is gonna happen but it was sad because he was such a nice guy and it was very clear in the writing you know that he he cared for kanan a lot um so yeah so ogadio was probably probably my favorite secondary character skelly grated on my nerves a lot because (laughs) i just wanted to be like wake up man you're (laughs) Like, you have the right ideas, you're just too impulsive and too, <sighs> I don't want to say crazy, but, you know. No, I get you. <laughs> both Skelly and Zaluna both kind of annoyed me after a while for different reasons. Well, they were very opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Like, Zaluna had been working in the system, and she's kind of, like, trying to... Well, she's not even really trying. Like she's she's forced basically out of the system that she's known for years. And you know, she works in surveillance and she knows one part of her, you know, knows that what she does or has been doing is kind of questionable or gotten kind of questionable as the empire has taken over and but you know, she's basically forced out of that role and it's not comfortable for her. Like she was not really actively want. It wasn't something she actively wanted to do. It was something that was kind of like thrust into her lap and she does very reluctantly, but she still does it. Yeah. I think I just, I I, I get it. Like you're saying she's a comfortable character for up to this point. So I I just, I just found it off putting how hopeless or how, I guess hopeless or helpless she was for a good chunk of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I mean, I do get what you're saying because I think we want our characters to be proactive, but honestly, she strikes me as very realistic. I mean, yes, fair. Because it would be it would be hard. It would be hard to overcome that, you know. I guess <laughs> You know, even though we all kind of want to be the hero, like, <laughs> I could totally see myself being someone like Zaluna. So, like, I sympathize. No, no, I, 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 sympathize I agree with, with you. That. It's just, I think. In the, yeah, I, within I, the context I of the story, you kind of want her. it took her too long her, to get out yeah. of that. <laughs> like, okay, she's she's sleeping on the hover bus. She's freaked out. Absolutely. Makes sense. But then as a book keeps going and it's just her feeling sorry for herself or feeling like what am i doing i i just think it was a little too much of that after a while fair but i totally agree it is believable more believable and and yeah i mean someone that's been working in a comfortable gig for as long as she had up to that point in security watching people <laughs> weirdo <laughs> 
Suddenly says being the, in the forefront. Says the man who, no, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, what? Says the what? <laughs> the, I, the man who works in tech. Though you're not a creepy surveillance guy, so. <laughs> but. No comment. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Okadaya. Just I, I I've said it before, I'll say it again. I always gravitate towards the older, gruffer mentor type characters. Uh in this case, Okadaya was no no different. Loved it. Let's talk about Count Vidian. <laughs> that well, jerk. Uh <laughs> I, he is not nice at all. Like there's there's pretty nice, much no. no redeeming qualities at all. Um Guy is a textbook psychopath sociopath yeah one of those one of both those. of those can you be <laughs> can you be both of them probably um the one that doesn't feel the yeah he i mean so he's like a less less droidy version of general grievous kind of i'd say what more actually more well they they hack his memories he has to dump his memories every night i guess that's true yeah grievous and vader and maul had a mechanical replacements for organic stuff that they lost or couldn't live without this dude he got sick he got the mechanical replacements but then he just kept adding on and on and on replacing stuff he felt could be better yeah so yeah, I mean, if they, if they were able to hack his memories. He can. That's true. He can communicate without, you know, via comms and whatnot without actually talking out loud. His eyes aren't real, so he can access cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. Creepy. This dude's more like a more horror movie version of a uh, of RoboCop. You know, just maybe just like his brain and like some of his face. It's like Count Dooku and General Grievous had a baby. Thank you for that image. <laughs> you fool! I've been trained in your Jedi arts by Count Dooku. That yeah. has a whole new meaning now. Thank you very much, Cat. Trained in the Jedi yeah, arts. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess, well, I, maybe it's because he's Count Vidian, but like that automatically, like that image that brings to mind is kind of like the Count Dooku, like, you know, that very the regal. tall, statuesque um, cyborg, I guess. So yeah, it's basically... But a freak show. Re- but a freak show. Like, I Grievous love the way he Dooku. is described as just like this walking horror show with the yellow, uh, yellow, I think, eyes it was, was description. I don't have the book in front of me, so I'll say sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sorry. he was described as having yellow eyes, I remember right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a voice box that vocalizes yes. for him when he speaks. And what's interesting is that another character in this book even comments that, like, they've heard Vader speak, and Vader sounds more human than Count Vidian does. That's, like, noted in the novel. Yes. Um, that, like, he's he's completely replaced his his um vocal cords i guess or whatever you know like it's it's all um mechanical all mechanical i think his skin is also replaced with some sort of it's like synthetic basically Mm -hmm. right isn't it because at one point it comes off like his face so he is like the terminator he's got like the he's got cortosis armor too also on him doesn't he yes I believe. I think Kanan. Uh, sorry, guys, it's been a while. Like we're saying, I think Kane <laughs> when he gets in a fight with Kane and Kanan finally yes, pulls the that, saber out. No, Kanan does not pull the saber out. That's he pulls one. the saber out at the end. No, no, they save that. That's what happens in uh, in Spark of the Rebellion. That was one thing that was very like you think he's gonna do it and he doesn't actually. Does he not do it? No. He doesn't do it. Well, I was I was rushing through to the end at that point because I really wanted the book to end. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that's actually a really critical point is that he does have the parts for his lightsaber. And now we're getting off Count Vidian. But to to talk about the switch 
switch tracks, talk about the saber. You, he pulls the parts out because, you know, we have known from Rebels that he keeps it, like, separated. So it's not in one piece. And he does pull the parts out so that he has it. But he never actually ignites it in this book, which I think is because this the the way this book was written kind of in with input from the story group and Dave Filoni um i think that was done on purpose because when he pulls it out in Spark of the Rebellion that's like a big moment right. that's like he's finally owning his jedi self and so he does not do that in the book because he still he still isn't quite at that point. He does use the force. He uses the force to save Hera. Yeah, and she yeah. realizes that he's a Jedi, but he doesn't actually pull out the saber. All I remember and is he p- pulled the saber out. I don't, rem- I guess he didn't ignite it, but Vidian is taking all this splasher fire at least, and it's not really affecting him. And I think I remember there's mention of Cortosa's being involved somewhere in his, I think you're right because I was like, ooh, that shows up later. <laughs> like we see that we see that come back mm-hmm. later. I mean, it was probably in the EU or something, which um I can't speak to, but uh <laughs> But anyway, it's, um Yes. Anyway, back to Count Vidian. Count, back to Count Vidian. Um just love again, I love how weird the Star Wars books get with the body horror sometimes. And, you know, it's just another example of something that would be too weird for a show or movie. I, th- I think most directors or creators would be too freaked out to put a character like Vidian on screen the way he's depicted in the book. Visually, you could have him there, but there's no way you're going to have a character just casually beat someone to death or <sighs> toss him into an acid pit, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, Fidian is the worst. I can't believe he did that to Lau. That ma- that gave me a pause. I'm like, holy that, crap. Yeah, just- I mean, I think I think you're right. Like, so so on the body horror level, um, <laughs> again, I think this novel lays a nice groundwork for some of the stuff that we see later in the new canon books, because there seems to be a lot of kind of body horror that comes up um in the new canon last shot looking at you um <laughs> so there's, there's another kind of like groundwork laid there but the way that vidian is just so casually brutal to anyone who opposes him like anyone lower than to him yeah. that opposes him or tries to stand in his way is definitely not what we tend to see on screen in Star Wars. When you look at like Thrawn, who's who becomes the big bad in the later seasons of Rebels, you know, he kills people. I mean, there's that whole episode where they're in like the factory um, that, you know, where people have been so- sabotaging. Yeah, um, and the one dude blows up on the and speeder. And the one dude has to, like, <laughs> go on the speeder and the speeder blows up. Like, Thrawn is not above doing evil acts, but... There's a purpose behind it. Yes, there's... The, his his have a... Uh, um, Almost a more insidious purpose, I would say, and he's he's much less blunt about it. Like it's it's way more finessed with Thrawn when literally Vidian just like beats somebody to death in front of a crowd of people because he knows he can, and he's just doing it because he knows it will instill fear, um, and you know that will make his path easier. So he's very much kind of like this blunt object just there's very much wrecking balling his way extra layer of coldness to him yeah and there's no there's no emotion like he's very um you know it's all about serving himself and there's no no empathy or um any kind of finesse he's just you gotta love the anti anti anti-tech messages that always find their way into these star wars villains man The technophobia is really strong in these epic characters, and Vidian is probably the apex of that, more so than Vader. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even yeah, even Vader retains some of his humanity. Vidian's like actively trying to get rid of most of it. <laughs> yeah, but that the casual murder really is <laughs> gave me pause. Like, okay, this is, you're like, okay, it's gonna be one of those. He just beat up. <laughs> he just beat someone to death, and. All right, that's okay. 
Let's I move mean, forward it's... with this character. Oh, he just <laughs> threw someone into an acid pit because he got annoyed with another situation and he took it out on her. Yeah. Wow. It's it's very clear that he is the bad guy. Um, pretty much for everyone. Um. <laughs> Even Palpatine, bo- I think, would be like, dude, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> Palpatine's also got way more finesse. I mean, this guy's built making plans for years, so. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty laid out in black and white. Like, there's not really anything redeeming about Vidian. I mean, even his backstory. Um, Which we didn't need. I did not <laughs> need that entire... The plot line of him trying to cover up the fact that he like changed his identity. Yeah, man, that was one of that extra. <laughs> no, I, I get what you're trying to do with giving the villain more depth, but in this case, it just elongated the novel. I think it really didn't do much for me. Mostly because he wasn't just... a tragic character. I think might have been an aspect of it. He was. A, yeah. he was a jerk then. He's a jerk now. Yeah, like he's not. If it was, if it was, I mean. Yeah, his his backstory is messed up, but it it doesn't really engender any sympathy for him. Like he's still a jerk. I want to say another word, but I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, not I'm, to. I'm censoring myself to tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm not saying good villains need to have a tragic background. No, I mean some villains are just bad people. Right. And he's just not really a nice person at all. Um maybe if he had made different choices, but no, he pretty much just went kind of all in and he deserved what he got in the end and I don't feel badly for him at all. It was definitely one of those like, yes, he died. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> um the backstory just made me feel more like okay, he's an entitled jerk. Then and he's just more entitled now. I, uh, yeah, it just gets worse because he he wins. He keeps winning, and so it's. It didn't know, make me really hate his... him more. Again, it just elongated for me. Like I, I by that point in the novel, before that mystery started really being woven out in front of us, I already had I already had what I needed from yeah. Vivian as a character. Like I, I had my I had my entree and my, my side and the side salad. I don't need another entree. Like no, please give me the dessert now, aka his death, or how yeah, how he's finally brought down something, but they just kept giving us more entree. Yeah, <laughs> serve the dessert. But this book also introduces us to another villain. Right, you wanted to talk about her. I did want to talk about her. Uh, so Ray talk Sloan. about her. So talk about her. So at this point, she's a captain. She's Captain Ray Sloan. But her introduction in this book, um, and then her reappearance across other uh, books and comics. So the Kanan comic, the Aftermath series, and now can I get into some spoilers? for Alphabet Squadron. Oof. Yeah, go ahead. I'm probably not going to read them. Okay. <laughs> I tried what the happened? first I tried the first book and I just could not get into it. There's something about it. What happened to reading all of the Star Wars books, Adrian? I realized that I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I needed a break. I needed a break from the Star Wars books. All right. So this book, so A New Dawn introduces the character of Ray Sloan, mm-hmm. who I think very quickly became a fan favorite and popped up in a bunch of other non-on-screen media, but comics and books, and is now returning. So she pops up in the... Uh, squadrons video game trailer and it's been confirmed that it's her but spoiler alert uh in the new alphabet squadron book Shadowfall, and spoiler 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 if you're gonna read that book spoiler um and you might know where this is going <laughs> spoiler <laughs> um ray sloan is back in Shadowfall. god cat and- i was gonna read it <laughs> you just said you weren't. I Stop am. being a liar, you lying liar who lies. Um I'm just being redundant. <laughs> 
So, so Ray Sloan, Ray Sloan is back in both book and video game form, which I think is not necessarily surprising because it definitely looks like there's some tie-ins, but I just wanted to give a spoiler warning. Um, she back and she and Hera are now kind of like, I don't want to say because they're not really the main characters here, but part of the whole thing that's happening in Shadowfall is they're trying to get Hera. Hera's like the representation of the the New Republic and the Rebellion, and they really really hate her. (laughs) And they want to take her down. And so, like, she and Rey Sloan now are, you know, kind of at loggerheads. Although I don't think Hera maybe realizes it yet, but again, we don't get enough of her, so... Anyway, la la la. <laughs> but it's interesting that it's kind of like, to me anyway, having just read Shadowfall, is that like now we kind of see this coming for a circle. Like Hera is now a general in the New Republic, and Ray Sloan is a Grand Admiral in the, you know, Imperial Remnant. And so they're still on opposite sides. And now they're actually kind of, res- you know, heading their own respective um military groups so that's just kind of an interesting full circle moment there but ray sloan is not really like she's in this book she's still very much at the beginning of well you know she's she's just starting to get promoted oh yeah uh, you know, straight up and her... like making her way up the ladder and so she's not She's not really the bad guy here. She's kind of a more neutral, like she's an Imperial, so we know, you know, she's one of the bad guys. But um, but in this book, she's not really like the bad guy. Um, she's she's trying to figure out what Vidian's up to and how to. I mean, in her own sense, she also wants to come out and to- on top and prove herself, but based on what she's i got she's not an in, she's not inherently evil no she I based guess. on what i got from this novel obviously you know the character better because of the other books you've read with her in it but based on on just this book alone she's your typical opportunistic imperial but she's better at it than others she's a lot she's smarter smart. she's she's no dummy she ain't no dummy at all no she's trying to rise through the ranks i mean it's it's laid out pretty clearly yeah. you know it's that she wants to have her own ship and she believes in the empire and she wants to rise within the ranks. Like that's laid out all very clearly, but yeah, she's no she, fool. She makes it seem like she's easy to manipulate, but in yes. doing so she's manipulating them, which mm-hmm. I appreciated. And like, that's, that's a cool character trait right there. <laughs> you're, you're basically p- playing possum to an extent like, Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. Cool, thank you. I will totally do what you say. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. <laughs> but again, she's not like abrasive about you. it, like like a character like Krennic. Krennic is similar, but oh. he is just in your face, always yelling and pissed off about it. No subtlety. No subtlety she's, whatsoever. She's she's very subtle. Like it's not, especially in this book. Like it's very, it's very subtle. Um, but yeah, she's. She's no dummy. She I wish we'd gotten more of her. Stab you in the back. Yeah. Honestly, given how she pops up later, especially in the Kan the Kanan comic, um, as kind of more of a main antagonist. She's in the Kanan um, comic? Y- you need to read that next. Um, <laughs> smile. So <laughs> she knows she just spoiled something for me. All she did no, was smile. I, no, I mean, maybe. Not really. Um <laughs> So, you know, they do have an interaction here, but it might have been fun to get a little bit more of that, given that they are antagonists later. I got a bit more of her when I started reading Aftermath for like the fourth yes. time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Aftermath. I, I always get a little bit farther. <laughs> So maybe when you hit, like, the 60th time, um, no. <laughs> I can't, every time I decide to try and read Aftermath, it's just not the right time for me to be trying to read Aftermath. You, I would, I, the, the, one of the benefit, bonuses, bonuses, of reading Aftermath is you definitely, like, Ray Sloan gets, I would say, a lot more growth 
in that book. Mm-hmm. Like, you get a lot more of her, which I like. So that's a good thing about the Aftermath series. Leave it at that. Someday. <laughs> someday, someday, someday. Just pick out all the Ray Sloan chapters. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but it's 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 very interesting. And again, as as I was kind of like refreshing and prepping for this, it really is interesting how this book sets up a lot of what we see in the new canon, including characters that have, you know, kind of meandered in and out of other stories and um, stuff like that. It's very interesting. So would you say that this book might have been a little more streamlined had it not been trying to establish a lot of these threads for future projects? Well, I don't even know if it's trying to establish them. That's the thing. I just well, think, I just well, think find... about it. Think about it, right? This is the first new canon book. It's the first book to come out of the story group. Yes. So, I mean, to me, it makes sense that, you know, little things like that would be woven into it. I mean, yeah, I, I suppose you're right um, in that sense. And yes, maybe, like, it could have been a little bit more streamlined. But I also... I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Cause, you know, we were talking about maybe it should have been a little bit more streamlined earlier. And I think I don't necessarily know if the streamlining would would hurt anything that they were trying to set up. I mean, because I feel like the book just kind of overall kind of just the elements of the book, mm-hmm. um, some of the characters that are introduced, because really, aside from. Kanan and Hera, Ray Sloan's the only one that we see again, I think, um, unless I've totally forgotten something. No, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. I was just, I was just asking to see if... Yeah, so, so I don't necessarily think that streamlining it would have hurt that. Um, who knows? Might have made... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it would have hurt if they had done it. Does that answer your question? Now I'm not even sure. Talking in circles. Not really, but... <laughs> Sorry. I think that's a good uh, a good uh, place to start wrapping up. Overall thoughts, what have you? <laughs> well, one thing I remembered that for some reason did not strike me when I read the book the second time, but struck me when I was going back and kind of skimming it uh, in preparation for this, but I totally realized that or realized and maybe i'm making connections out of nothing um it's possible but uh kanan getting blinded is kind of foreshadowed here because that ends up (laughs) happening to zaluna when they attack vidian um on the star destroyer and um she ends up like her face is burned and she ends up blinded and i was like oh my god wait (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that happens to Kanan later. <laughs> I'd say Not that one's same. a bit of a stretch, but I like where your head's at. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's not like really in danger from it. So it's really not quite the same, but it's just it it got a little bit as I was <laughs> as I was reading that again, I was like, oh, it just got a little <laughs> chuckle for me because I was like, hey, hey, that happens to you. <laughs> Yeah, you get blind and then you blow up. It's all in this book. <laughs> womp, womp. <laughs> but yeah, just, but to kinda, anyway. just to kind of start wrapping up here, New Dawn was one of those books you kept trying to get me to read for like the longest time. And when I finally read it. I'm like, yeah, I should have read this much, much sooner. I should have read this before Tarkin. <laughs> But it was a nice palate cleanser after Tarkin? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have very, very minimal issues I have with it. Overall, I think it's a great story. Great character-driven story. Um, yeah, man, it's just, like, it's just a good, good Star Wars book, man. It's got, you got your action, your adventure, your character moments. Likeable characters, you know? Yeah. I mean, so I was going back through my Goodreads, and I don't think this was the first... Um, first new canon star wars book that i read but it doesn't really matter uh it was one of the first it came near the beginning and 
I mean, this is given that I was like super excited for Adrian to read it and kept pushing him to read it. Um, it's definitely been one that has stuck with me and I greatly enjoyed reading um, and rereading it. Like it was still a good reread. Um, you know, when we talked in our Tarkin episode all those months ago about, you know, <laughs> you know, probably won't come back to like, this is the, not really a book that <laughs> you're going to pick up and, and read several times. But I feel like New Dawn is, it's rereadable. Like it has rereadability. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, it's fun. You know, to go back and revisit. Yes. Does it get a little clunky and long in the second half? It does. Still fun. Um, it's still fun. The characters are all great. And I think, um, so you've read Kenobi. Hello there. Um, which, <laughs> which I have not. Um, so I don't, would you say that this is kind of, um, John Jackson's mill, John Jackson Miller's like style? How do they, Oof, you lady. Know, the I read Kenobi them? back in 2014. <laughs> Oh God! Okay, so that, this might be a stretch. Um, you don't have to. <laughs> I'll I'll read it soon. I remember plot points from Kenobi, but in certain action beats, but I, the, I, yeah, I can't answer really answer anything about the writing style or or what have you. I just remember <laughs> really enjoying it. I, I thought it was a little slow in some some bits, or I wanted more Kenobi himself. Mm-hmm. But overall, it was it was it was a good read. I look forward to reading it again. I think we've been talking about doing a book club for that as. At some oh point. yeah, you know, with many things. Hmm. <laughs> so so yeah, so I mean, New Dawn is a book that you know I read years ago, and I still liked it upon rereading it. And if you um, have not gotten into Rebels or like Rebels, but have not read the book and want more, I would definitely say read it um because um as we already discussed it gives a lot um or kind of gives gives kanan adds more to kanan's overall arc um and kind of sets up um or does set up is the setup for kanan and Hera putting together the rebels crew so it's good highly recommend <laughs> It's good. <laughs> it's uh, it's I would say it's I mean it's up there in the in terms of my um like the new canon novels that I like, you know. We've got like Claudia Gray and then there's like New Dawn. <laughs> 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 She's got her own tier and then <laughs> she and then sure does. She sure Love does. Some Claudia yeah. Gray. Yeah, that's right. So, but I mean, honestly, like this is definitely up there in my in my top Star Wars new canon books. So, right on. If you haven't, right, it's good. On. It's fun. Plus, more rebels is never a bad thing. So, this is true. We'll see where those supposed rebels sequel series rumors end up. <gasps> yeah, I kind of want to do a rebels rewatch, but I can't make it through the fourth season. So. <laughs> I haven't tried, but Wimp. that'd be, yeah, you know it. <laughs> Don't make me. I like to hurt myself, but only when I know things are going to turn out okay. Uh <laughs> you were the strangest masochist I've ever met. <laughs> I did like, I did like that we got to live vicariously through flip watching rebels. And that was, yeah, <laughs> that was fun. That made me happy. <laughs> Flips pain and anguish. It was all worth it. Masochist <laughs> <Thank you> weirdo. <laughs> anyway, on that, watch Rebels. On, read a new dawn. On that wonderful, wonderful note. Uh, yeah, read a new dawn. We really enjoyed it. Um, if you haven't read it, you probably shouldn't have listened to this podcast. So, but the book's been out for six years. Yeah, this is a very, very late in the game podcast book club episode. <laughs> That's okay. It's that always new okay. to someone. Uh, but yeah, if you'd like to share your thoughts with us on the book or if you disagree with something we said, go ahead and add us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Force Fan Podcasts. And you can do so directly with me on Instagram at Blue Lab Pro. And I guess Twitter on Blue Lab Pro too, even though I've been backing off a bit. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cat Ray. So we're currently working on some stuff behind the scenes. Do, 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 do. So yeah. more details on that later. But just as a warning that some of the episodes moving forward might be a little sporadic as far as releasing them goes. Maybe not. Maybe. We're still not sure. But <laughs> in case we do go on some sort of little hiatus or something we're not just chilling there there are things in motion right now <laughs> we have plans <laughs> and on that may the force be with you and then some from blue lab productions thanks for listening to force fan podcast with adrian cat ray and john Edited and produced by Adrian Misa with original music composed by Brooke Monroe and original art by Mitsu Overstreet. Please rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All rights reserved. <laughs>